Floodcast. Floodcast. Get in the arena. Anyway, before we get into that, let's just preface with our normal shake and howdy. And as always, want to welcome everyone to another episode of Floodcast. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, hold your applause for them. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, I'm here with my trusty cohort, who is, in fact, smoother than Tennessee whiskey, Jason. You better, you better believe it. Thanks, Will. Willie Will. Let's get it on. All right. All right. So we want to thank everyone for the incredible love we've been getting. And I forgot even to tell you this. I had two people yesterday message me and just said that they looked at what we've been posting. They've been listening to our episodes and that they were actually thinking about giving up what they were doing because they're trying to do similar things like we are. And they said that, you know, they heard our last episode. It really encouraged them. And it just really, that's just what we want to do. Do it, and then, man. Get so, in the arena. Get in the arena. Get in the yeah. arena. So if want, it was easy, everyone would do it. Nothing well, worth doing is easy. Come on now. With that being said, please message us, info at flooding.com, or you can get a hold of us on any of our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Gab. We are starting to gain a following, and I'm really... And listen, we're not anywhere like a Joe Rogan or any of these guys that you know we may like or want to emulate, but for us, it's just humbling, so we want to thank everybody. And Absolutely. Make sure you subscribe to us. We are on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there. You hit that bell, get notifications every Friday we release an episode. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Anchor Breaker, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So this episode, we were a little triggered before, so I know it's hard to believe. Listen, um just going to put this out here. If you get butt hurt easily, you just just turn it off. Thank you. Um but we are fully in the throes of a constitutional crisis. I'm not overspeaking. No, that's actually a very nice way to put it. It's I'm, far from overspeaking. Well, I'm I'm trying to be somewhat reserved. I'm sure as we go, we're going to get, things are going to happen. And what we want to talk about is where we're at right now. And for me, it's beyond all this COVID nonsense. And it's not to belittle it. It has very little to do right now with sicknesses and and, and all that stuff is real and valid. It's not real to what the mainstream media and government officials want us to believe it is, but it is still real. What my concern is, and, and the reason that this episode is called Break hearted is what we are seeing right now from especially governors what we are seeing right now from certain unelected uh, people I can't even call them officials because they're not even elected uh, these people that hold these positions uh, in government are now literally surpassing the law of our land the US Constitution the Bill of Rights and they're instilling these just morbidly draconian you can't even call them laws no, they're, the rules, they're decrees decrees they're they're exec, their executive orders and, and you know the Constitution from my understanding only guarantees that the president of the United States can do that. I could be wrong, but, you know, the, the separation of powers is such an important thing, and it's one of the things that really does separate us. You know, we, we do have the ability to govern ourselves locally on a state and then federally. However, what we're seeing right now, and the reason and, and why— And individually, by the way. Well, most importantly, right. individually. And I want to make sure that's clear to everyone, that it starts individually, then your municipality, then state, then federal. Well, county, then state, then yeah. federal. 
what we're seeing right now are, are a lot, and we're going to get into this, but a lot of governors now, they are overstepping. Just yesterday as we were recording this, there were three states that spontaneously, Ohio, Michigan, and California, that I'm aware of, that spontaneously broke out in protests. And I don't want to say riot, because no, I don't know that- They were peaceful from everything the, I've seen. Exactly. The idea of the whole notion of Bravehearted is simply this. Everybody- I don't know that I've ever met anybody that hadn't seen or doesn't at least think fondly of the film Braveheart. Mel Gibson, about William Wallace, uh, leader of the Scottish rebellion, if you will, against the English in the uh, 13th century. And even though that movie is not necessarily historically accurate in many, many levels, the spirit of it and the truth behind it is this, is that there was a man named William Wallace, and then after William Wallace, uh, Robert the Bruce, who led a rebellion against the English, who at that time, and you know, the English have a great history of this, and you can make an argument that America has too, but not nearly as long as the British. The British were the, the most tyrannical and evil power that the world had seen at that point, and they were holding them hostage. They, you know, the Scottish, they were literally oppressing them. One of the scenes at the beginning, they were uh, said they were drinking outlaw liquor and singing outlaw songs, and you know, even like outlaw liquor, yeah, uh, dirty uh, bastards, right? And uh, cheers, by the way, cheers. <laughs> Jason and I are enjoying some adult beverages, but I'm fuck somewhere. <clears throat> that's right. But nonetheless, probably in China at the at the Bat Burger Farm. But so the whole spirit of the, of the movie is this was this man who said, you know what, I've had enough. En- enough's enough. This is wrong. They were very devout people. You could see in the movie they talked about that, at least that sect that we understand historically. But, you know, he said, no, enough, enough. This is not this tyrannical force will no longer impede on my personal freedom, on my community's freedom. And his wife was murdered. They didn't want, he got Father married. Father was murdered. Father was murdered. His Brothers brother was murdered. were murdered. His entire family is pretty much murdered. Yeah, so it was. And his whole. Uh, when he was a kid. Yeah. They didn't just murder his father. They murdered his whole town, basically. Yeah, he was literally like the last, Yep. you know, last descendant. But he and his uh, wife got married in secret because they didn't want to take part of uh, pre-Nocta, which is where the lord of that land on their wedding night got to sleep with the wife. And uh, so listen, so there comes a time, and in this film, he decided, you know, enough's enough. And before we go any further, we're not calling for violence. We're not calling for people to rise up and enact vengeance in a manner that is contrary to what I think we've been trying to talk about, peaceful resolutions, understanding that the First Amendment is first. But as we talk about Braveheart, it's an analogy that we're using. Yes. Obviously, the government isn't sleeping with our wives on our wedding day and things of that nature, right? It's a whole, it's a different time for sure. But the storyline's still there. And the spirit. That's right. The and that's, spirit and, of tyranny. That's a good point. But we're not saying anything about condoning any type of violence or anything like that. It doesn't have to be done that way. And if you look at even these, uh, like you said, Michigan, Ohio, California, mm-hmm. they were peaceful. Now, they had guns, which is their right. And they marched on the capitals, and that's their right. And it was peaceful, and they demonstrated, but they got in the arena. They stepped up, and that's what we're talking about Exactly. Here. And the thing of it is, is like everybody I know loves to quote Braveheart. In our minds, I think, oh, I'll be like William Wallace. But do we, we need to start to think and understand, whether you just look at the movie or whether you look at the historical implication, you have to really start to understand. I think we are rapidly approaching the point where we need to decide 
decide, are we going to hand over our rights? Listen to when I say this, because I'm choosing these words specifically. Are we going to willfully hand over our rights? And are we willfully going to allow what generations previously have fought so hard to sustain for us just to be taken away? One of the things that in the quotes here, I'm just going to get into it, Ben Franklin, he said, he who would trade liberty for some temporary security deserves neither liberty nor security. And that's where I'm, I want to come from. You quote Braveheart. We look up and idolize in many regards William Wallace. I know I certainly do to some degree. But when the rubber meets the road, do we have the grit? Do we have the ability to critically think through the situation and the things that are happening now and say, no, no, this is not right. This is wrong. And so we're going to get into a story in the Bible that kind of echoes this as well. But some of the quotes to me in this movie that are just so powerful that resonates, it is all for nothing if you don't have freedom. Let that resonate in your spirit, in your heart. Everything that we have is for naught if you do not have liberty, if you do not have freedom. If you are being mandated to do something, even if it is wearing a mask, if somebody's telling you you have to wear a mask, that person is lording over you something that's tyrannical. Now, you can argue with me the health benefits of it. That's fine. But what I'm getting at and what the whole essence of this episode is going to be the spirit behind it. What the end game is behind, is it truly for health reasons or is it or is it to be domineering over people? Yeah, I mean, I want you to think about how dumb some of this is. So this pandemic is so bad that they had to shut everything down except for places where people can get together and be right next to each other, okay? And when they did that, it took them over a month after the shutdown before they said, oh, we need to limit the amount of people that could be in these places, okay? And some did and some didn't. But still, you need to know PPE to go to these places, okay? This is what they always talk about, the PPE. Right. What is that? Personal the, uh, protective, personal protective equipment. equipment. Yeah. Right, which is mask, gloves, all that. They're like, you need that. You can go do all that stuff still. You can go do all that stuff. So now they're saying another month, two months in, oh, as of this date, and, and that's what's great. They're like, as of Monday, as of Monday, you have to wear masks. Oh, as of Monday, we have to wear masks. Don't worry about the previous two months where I've been shopping this and that. And nothing's happened. People aren't getting sick. But Perfect. now we have to, like, think of how dumb it is. And they're like, on Monday. Well, if it's that scary, why are we waiting on Monday to do it? Why isn't it immediate? The numbers aren't there, folks. Not even close to there. Here's, here's it a, makes no sense, the rules that they're making. And then, Bill, again, it's not just about the masks. That's one liberty. But think about this. I've never seen, I've only, I don't even know if I've read about this. Literally, the government said, you can't open your business. You can't. You're not allowed. Based on what? Exactly. So another quote from the film, it says, uh, we all end up dead. It's just a question of how and why. We really need to isolate the facts here from really what's happening, not the Tokyo Rose, Operation Mockingbird, Chinese-owned propaganda, the conspiracy theory, blah, blah, blah. We really need to just isolate, critically think. I can't tell you how this is going to be an important thing in this episode. We need to really critically think about what's happening and determine how and why, okay? Another thing I love that he says in this movie is, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. I'm coming to the point now, and these are going to be some pretty intense things I'm saying, but I've being isolated, like literally, I live alone. Uh, Jason, my other friend, Adam, shout out to Adam who listens every week. Uh, my friend, Allie, too. There's like three people I've consistently seen in the last almost two months. And I've really had a lot of time to be alone and to be isolated and to think about things and to really put my life into perspective. And I'm coming to the point now where, for me, freedom, the right to make my own decision, good, bad, or indifferent, is worth more to me than nearly everything. And I don't 
say that lightly. If you don't mind, if you could read that next quote I have. I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men, and free men you are. What will you do with this freedom? Will you fight? Aye, fight and you may die. Run and you'll live, at least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom? Will you be willing to trade all of your days for one shot of freedom? Think about that. That's some, That's really a very philosophically, theologically heavy question. And one I've been, honestly, I've been wrestling with. I, I made a decision. If you've listened to anything I've said, I think you probably know where I'm at. But that's my decision. And I've shared this decision with, like, with Jason and other people. And I'm not telling people to make the same decision that I've made. The point of it is, is that I think what he is saying here is such a powerful notion. Are we willing to have a meager existence of slavery and bondage versus the opportunity to continue to live as free men and women? And I know it's really hard for a lot of folks to wrap their minds around that, that that is happening here in the United States. Because we've been told and brainwashed our whole lives that we're the greatest country and we're free and we're free and we're free. And we've been told that and told that and told that. And it's too hard for many of us to wrap our heads around and say, wow, they're really taking our freedoms away. We are a lot closer to being controlled than we think. And what you need to do is you need to look at history. You know, the easy one to show is obviously Germany. And look how it happened. Look how it started before it got all the way. It didn't just one day finger snapped and Hitler was some crazy Fuhrer, right? He played the game. The government played the game and took over. And they tricked everyone on the way until it went too far. Sometimes it's a slippery slope. That's right. And sometimes once you get too far, you're, you're too far. Period. You bring up a great thing about history. And, and this, this is something that happened this week. I shared with you and we had a brief discussion about it when it happened and we pontificated on it since then. But Mayor Bill de Blasio, who's the mayor of New York City, he tweeded on April 28th. Now, now this is, folks, I want you to understand, this is a quote. This is a tweet. Now, I have right. a tweet. This is a, yeah. this is a quote of his tweet. So this is really what he said. This is not, this is not us changing any words. No. I, what I did is I took a screenshot of his tweet. I'm reading it right here, and it says this. So 11.33 p.m., April 28, 2020, this is what Mayor Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York City, largest city in the world, or in America at least, said. My message to the Jewish community and all communities is simple. The time for warnings has passed. I have instructed the NYPD to proceed immediately to summon or even arrest those who gather in large groups. This is about stopping this disease and saving lives, period unacceptable you sure this wasn't let me you sure let, this wasn't one of the english kings back in the 1600s or something no mayor right here i'm looking mayor bill de blasio verified at nyc mayor the warning uh, message stopped my message to the jewish community and all communities pretty much just singled out the Jewish community right there. Right. Now... Which I'm not Jewish, but if I was, I'd be pretty pissed, man. Hell, two of my best friends are Jewish, and I'm No, I've got I'm plenty of Jewish off. friends. I'm right. just saying, it's 
It's unbelievable. It's right. unconscionable that that was said. And that you're not written. you're not going to hear that in the mainstream media. And listen, you may think we're being blowhards. You may think we're being alarmist. You may think we're being conspiracy theorists. Fine. You can think that, but this is what this man tweeted. This and, and these this are his words. Right. This isn't some dude who lives. This isn't like Bill or I, who are nobodies, who just right. have a we have eighty followers jobs so. and whatever. This is the freaking mayor of New York City. Okay. This is someone in a very powerful position. A very wealthy and powerful man literally just threatened the people of the city. Let me share another quote with you. This was the day before. This was April 27th. This is from Illinois Governor J.D. Pritzker. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. This is You can look at the official transcript. It's a Rev.com official transcript. Governor J.D. Pritzker, 427-2020. The stay-at-home order has prevented tens of thousands of illnesses and thousands of deaths. History, listen to me real quick when I say this. History will remember those who put politics aside to come together to keep people safe. It will also remember those so blindly devoted to ideology and pursuit of personal celebrity that they have made an enemy of science and reason. Why he used the word ideology instead of freedom, I can't tell you. This is in my mind how I read this. History will also remember those who are so blindly devoted to freedom. To their liberties. I mean, he just called the Constitution an ideology. The Literally throwing it away. New saying, Jer hey man, look, um, I get that we have this whole Constitution thing and y'all have your freedoms, but, you know, not anymore. The governor of New Jersey was just on Tucker Carlson last week, and he asked him, he said, hey, you know, a lot of the stuff you're doing is rather draconian. Have you even thought or considered or got legal advice in regards to how like, this would apply constitutionally? He goes, no, honestly, I didn't even consider it. Didn't even consider the Constitution is what he said. The, folks, or the Bill of Rights or whatever he said. It folks, was crazy. think about this. Governor of the state of New Jersey didn't even consider the Constitution Which before. Which I'm pretty sure when he gets sworn in, I'm sure of it. I don't know what the swear-in for the <laughs> governor of New Jersey is, right? I could look it up, I suppose. I'm it's, just going to take a guess. It's probably the same as anyone else. You know. in there, it says that they're to uphold the Constitution. I'm sure of it. Every public office you take says that, I believe. Even if you're, uh, even if you are a police officer. Absolutely. Even, Your job's to uphold even if you, the Constitution, folks. Right. And nowhere in the anyone Constitution. Anyone in the, the, the armed services, they're sworn to protect and serve both enemies, foreign and domestic. Based on the Constitution, not based on executive orders, not based on politicians. Yeah. Politicians don't rule this world, this country of ours. They don't. They're not our rulers. And that's important for everyone to understand. They're not our rulers. Okay? They have to follow the Constitution, which is our born right here in the United States of America. Born with that right. Why do you think so many people want to come here? And so many people do. My grandmother or my great-grandmother came here. My great-grandpa came here from Italy, right? And they came through Ellis Island. They came here for a better way of life and for freedom. And my grandmother was already born. She did too, I guess. She was already born. She was born in Italy. So she came here, grew up this way. My father and his brothers were born here as American citizens. First generation. I was born as American citizens. We're American citizens. We have these rights. And many, 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 I, I don't know how many. I've never added up all the wars. But many Americans have died for that right, for us to have this freedom, folks. There's nothing I can say that, like, says, hey, it's okay. If this happened, I could see why we take everyone's freedom away. I can't come up with that. And I understand some, some of you folks out there are like, Look, man, we're saving lives. People are dying. The numbers aren't there. Mm -hmm. You're not saving lives. Your virtue People are signaling. dying. People you're, are dying. People are dying right. from a lot of things, okay? 
a lot of things. People say, well, because of the social distancing, less people have died for COVID. You can't prove that. And I don't buy it. Not for a second. Okay. I've been out. I see what's going on in these stores and everything. Don't tell me that social distancing has stopped because you can go to the, I mean, it's just, I just read a meme and it's so true. I'm just so glad that the coronavirus can infect you when you're in a grocery store or retail store. <laughs> it only affects you when you're at the gym or at church right. or uh, at the bar or at a restaurant. Then you'll get it, it's but you just, won't get it if you go to if right. you go to the local Kroger. Okay, you won't get it at Kroger. No way. Walmart. No way. No. They've got special UV lighting. That, UV lighting, yeah, right? Right. Some special something. They, they probably inject you and disinfect. There you go. Right? They got Lysol being. The, I mean, give me a break, folks. How can you sit here and say that? Look at where the outbreak is. I, I don't know the percentages off the top of my head. I know that it's well over fifty percent. I, I know it's well over of all the COVID deaths that are reported, which I already know are overreported, factually overreported. They're not. But accurate. all of them that are fifty percent of all the ones that have been reported, over fifty percent of them are from New York. Really, New York. City and yeah, New Jersey because it's part of New York City basically. That's it. That's where all of it's happening at. There's a couple other hot spots, but those hot spots are small potatoes compared to that one. And I scratch my head on why that is. I really do because there's a lot of places out there where there's elderly folks. And by the way, this doesn't just kill elderly folks. Another misnomer. Well, if you're old or if you have a low immune system, no. That's not the case. It's just that more older people have immune systems that are suspect, if you will, compromised. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Compromised immune systems, then not. So if you're an older person who's in good health, this ain't going to kill you. We've seen a bunch of older people, grandparents age and older, recover from this. Well, to quote the Hunger Games, the odds are ever in their favor. Ever in their favor. They blow this shit so out of proportion. And I just had a, a, a debate on Facebook um, because, you know, they posted this graph showing that the United States is leading in, and this is a while ago, but I just want to bring it up, leading in COVID cases, right? We're getting demolished by COVID. So a guy made the same graph, but he did it in percentage of population, and the United States was like, 11th or 12th on the list percent of population with COVID. So when you look at it that way, tell me that's not a fear-mongering tactic that the media puts out there these charts that shows the U.S. at the top and shows these huge numbers. They don't want to show you percentages, but percentage is low. That wouldn't scare you. That wouldn't be dramatic. That wouldn't be sensationalizing the disease. We can't show you the percentages. We need to look at just the number. Let's don't count the number compared to the number of people in the country. I'm a business person. I look at numbers and things all the time. I work with numbers and build business plans and uh, strategies. And let me tell you right now, there's never can you look at one number and say, this one number tells me everything. There's no such thing. You have to look at five or six different numbers in different ways. When I say that in different ways, there's a bunch of different ways to look at numbers compared to this or compared to that, based on this or based on that, over this many years or over on that many years. There are so many variables and the media just finds the most horrific looking number they possibly can, right? The most horrific looking graph they can possibly create to make it look like the United States is on a death spiral. And then they put that shit right out there in the public for everyone to see. And all the folks who don't do the research for themselves think the world's coming to a fucking end. I'm glad you brought that up. This, this segues really nicely in, into what I want to talk about next. And we always try to bring some kind of spiritual enlightenment with this. Not that we're spiritually enlightened people, I guess, ourselves. But yeah, we are. Um, well, I, I don't I don't ever claim to be. But in Numbers 13. This is a very famous portion of Scripture. And I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase. For time purposes, yeah, we're not going to get into it. But basically, this is, this is a story of Moses 
And the children of Israel, you know, God's like, listen, you guys got to go forward. You got to cross over into this new promised land, land flowing in milk and honey. God tells Moses, hey, get 12 people together. They're spies. Have them check out the land. Have them look at everything. The 12 go. 10 come back and like, no, we can't do this. Uh, the other two, Joshua and Caleb, they are like, listen, we can do this. God's with us. We can do this. But what am I saying is that there of the 12 that were sent out, 10 of the 12, five sixths of the people were overcome by fear. But one sixth of them came back and said, no. You know, and you can read the biblical account. They literally, they brought back stuff. They brought back grapes, like, on stems that took two guys to carry these big grapes. And they just, anyway, what the larger point of this is, and it goes back to William Wallace, is that the idea of, no, this is really what's happening. We need to move forward. We need to go ahead. Now, the thing to keep in mind is this, is that you can be part of the five-sixths. Jason and I were talking before we were game planning, and we were talking about the Revolutionary War. That's right. And this is why I want to tie this back in. I, okay. I think this is something that a lot of people don't know. They, they don't. That's really talked about in school when you learn about the revolution. Well, War. revisionist history doesn't want you to understand that this. Makes sense because three to four percent of the colonists rose up and fought the British. So it's three to four percent of all the colonists. That's it. When you look at the revolution, it wasn't a hundred percent of everyone against the British. It literally was only three to four percent, which, by the way, four percent of three hundred million people is twelve million. Well, in, in today's, I, I think in today's was, terms, right, right. right. And I know yeah. there wasn't that many people then. I'm just saying in today's terms. And I'll tell you right now, I am sure there are twelve million people in this country who are not okay with what's going on. Nonetheless, yeah, I didn't mean off track there. No, you're good. And the thing of it is, we got to think three to four percent of the colonists. Fighting the same tyrannical government hundreds of years later, we're fighting that same spirit. Let's bring this back around to the idea of being brave-hearted, okay? So William Wallace and the, the Scottish roughnecks, if you will, were fighting the same spirit, literally the same spirit, that the colonists were fighting. This is the same spirit that is engaging in tyranny, that is trying to, to snuff out that last light of liberty for the world to see. It is no different than what we are encountering now. Tyranny is tyranny. That's right. And Jason and I have been doing this like Bible study, and it's been great. You know, but one of the things that we have discovered mutually as we go through this is that the whole reason that Christ came was for freedom. And that oppressiveness, that spirit, and it is being embodied in many, many of the governors, many of the other unelected employees in our country that are enforcing, let me rephrase that, that are embracing and trying to enforce this tyrannical enslavement upon us. I'm not okay with that. Again, it, what I want to make clear is it's a slippery slope. You can't just cave in and say, well, it's okay because of this. Because then it goes another step, and it goes another step. You ever hear the term, give an inch and they take a mile? And don't think that's not why the NRA fights on every little gun thing. Because as soon as you give an inch, they're going to wipe it out, man. Well, here's and you can't allow it to happen, folks. So It goes in the wrong direction so fast. Once it gets to the tipping point, now it's going to take freaking war. And no one wants that. In history, has there ever been any time when people have temporarily handed over their freedoms and then it was given back? No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. And the other thing is, you know, you're talking about the NRA. Just this week, Canada decided to ban all semi-automatics. All semi-automatics. How, how, how do you defend yourself against tyranny with that? Again, you, you we, can't. I know, I don't make the, you the can't. Second Amendment again, but I'm going to for a second. Well, no, it the all, Second Amendment it's is all, written yes. to protect ourselves against government. Yes, to protect yourself against a bad guy, but against government, folks. Understand that. If the government decides to get in tanks and come down the road and say, this is how it's going to be, 
and you have a bolt-action rifle. What are you going to do? You have a musket. You're going to give it all over. And it's happened over and over and over and over again in this world. And we are literally sliding that way in this country right now for really no reason, for a made-up reason. And that's what I want everyone to understand. You can't take rights away and act like it's okay. You, You can't do it. More importantly, you cannot momentarily take rights away because you're not going to get them back. Like, I've had so many people say, well, just wear the mask. To me, it's not about wearing a mask. Don't go out. If you're afraid, that's okay. The reality is this. If you are scared of something, hey, man, that's okay. I get it. Then stay in. They have every service available right now. My dad and mom are staying in because they're older and they're worried about it. And that's great. And I'm worried about them too. And if they're willing to stay in, great. They get groceries delivered. They get their medications delivered. They literally have everything delivered to them. They've been out a couple times for a walk or whatever, but for the most part, they're just staying in their homes. They're not going to any public places like that because they don't want to be around it. And that's their right. And that's totally fine with them. And so I'm a parent and I I don't want anything to happen to my children. I have five children and I would do anything to protect them. Truly anything. This is being a parent, not just a politician. These are my kids. I love them all. There's no way I can protect them from everything. I got to let them go on bike rides and go on walks and go out with their friends. We got one who's driving now. Had to let him get his driver's license. You know when people die in car accidents, especially boys who are 17 years old? You know how dangerous that is? Should I just say, you know what? You can't drive. As a matter of fact, none of you can leave the house. As a matter of fact, stay in your rooms. That way, nothing will ever happen to you. Folks, that's what's happening. Well, I'm a parent, and I don't do that. Although I could, because I'm a parent. And I'm in charge and responsible for my children, okay? They don't have a say. They're not in a democratic republic. (laughs) They're in my house, and I am the ultimate ruler, and I am in total charge. I talk to them. I try to help them out and help them get along and understand and grow and this and that. And bad things are going to happen. All right, my daughter just got a cast put on this week. She broke her toe, falling down the stairs. It's a COVID break. That's what I'll call it. It's a COVID break. I don't want my daughter to be in a cast. She's in a cast. It was a bad break, like where it's at. So they had to put a freaking cast on her because of where it's broken out on her big toe. She can't put any pressure on it. It's unbelievable. It's hurting this whole ordeal. Who would have known? But I couldn't protect her from that. It's like that gentleman in the video I sent you whose son committed suicide. This is a gentleman. You could tell he was a good guy, good family, graduated from West Point. He was well-spoken, God-fearing. His son broke his monitor for his game. Yeah, and it's a longer story. It's a long story, but his son committed suicide. To me, that is the toll of COVID. COVID. And and, and more succinctly, you know, even this week that— we saw those two doctors who boldly stepped up in from California and said, this is really what's happening. We are experts in this field. This is our statistics that we have analyzed. They own like five practices. Right. And so these, these guys aren't nobodies. Exactly. And what they said is that molestation has increased. Domestic violence has increased. Spousal abuse has increased. Suicide has increased. Alcohol, has alcoholism increased. has dramatically increased. And, and you know what's crazy? And, and cheers. A lot of these things <laughs> that we're talking about, Bill, they're tied like, to depression. Depression has increased. And you know the thing of it is? Those things aren't going to last a season. Those things aren't going to be cured by a Mark of the Beast vaccine from Bill Gates. If someone diddles a young person, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but that has long-lasting implications. Absolutely. And it's selfish for us to think, oh, I got to hide here. You know how long it's going to oh, be we until gotta... we understand the fallout but from th- this bullshit? But here's and we're the... not even t- right now, we're not even, we haven't even gotten into the whole businesses, small business. I'm not just talking about the business owners, folks. 
you understand, small businesses, they employ something like seven, 50 to 70 percent of all employed Americans. The large majority of Americans are employed by small businesses, and that's a statistic fact. And, and most small businesses, a lot of these small businesses are locally owned kind of businesses. So the impact on the communities is unbelievable. Not what just we, on the hiring and stuff, What are we going to start doing when, when tax revenue isn't coming in and we can't pay the police, the fire department? We, most teachers haven't worked in months. Right. And then what's going to happen what's, in five months from now where people can't make their mortgage payments? And houses start being repossessed in, in whole neighborhoods. What, what's going to happen then? I mean, how, how much money can the government possibly give us? they they got to stop giving money out, folks. We're going backwards in such a fast rate. It's unbelievable. They're making us completely dependent on them, and it can't happen. Right. And, and this is the whole thing. It's about saying no. It's about not being fierce, not being strong, not being brave, but doing what is right. Because the time, to quote Jim Morrison, the time to hesitate is through. We are literally on the precipice, and I'm not over-speaking, I'm not dramatizing. We are literally on the precipice of where we are going to lose our hard-fought civil liberties. And I can't trace a—listen, I think I'm a rather informed person when it comes to history. I can't trace a single period, a single time in history when any culture's freedoms have been taken for whatever momentary pandemic whatever, suspended momentarily, and then they were handed back. It doesn't happen that way. And the reality of it is, is, is that th- this is where we're at. This isn't speaking out of term. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is deliberate study, critical thinking, and analyzation, not only of history of scripture, but of what is actually happening, the actual numbers. And listen, folks, you can, like Jason said, if you don't feel secure, stay at home. I support you for that. You need to wear a mask. You need to wear gloves. I support you. But you know what? Don't piss on my Wheaties because I'm not buying the Tokyo Rose Operation Mockingbird propaganda. I want to get in a couple other quotes here because to me, they really, really, really resonate with the the spirit of what we're coming with you here today. So this is a quote from someone named George Eliot, who was also, her real name was Mary Ann Evans. She was an English poet and author. Any coward can fight a battle when he is sure of winning, but give me a man who has plucked to fight when he's sure of losing. Folks, we're not sure of losing right now. We're at a precipice right now where we still can turn things around. We can still say to these elected employees, which are our governing officials, no, I didn't elect you, and I didn't. Re- you're not representing my personal feelings, my personal beliefs. And we have to keep in mind governmental officials and then all these doctors, all these experts, we didn't elect them. They have no legislative authority over us. We need to hold our elected employees to account. And I've seen so many people say, well, we can't. A friend of mine posted something the other day. He said, you need to, here's a link to email the Ohio legislative that you disagree with the executive orders that were recently placed. And a lot of people said, well, that's, we can't do that. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. We aren't a democracy. We are a citizen republic where we elect representatives to legislatively apply the will of people that elected them into practice. And we're not seeing this. And this is just a fact. Well, uh, it's just a fact. And I want to read a quote from a previous episode, The Long Defeat. Learn from yesterday, live for today, hope for tomorrow. The important thing is not to stop questioning. Who said that? Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein. Don't stop questioning. Folks, we have to question what's happening here. And it's not okay with taking answers from people that don't care about us at face value. If you think that the governor gives two shits about you, all right, as an individual, 
You're wrong. Does he care about people? I'm sure he does. I'm not saying he's a bad, evil person, okay? But I am for certain that he's not taking our rights into account when he makes the decisions. We've heard it from other governors. They're not taking our rights into account. As a matter of fact, the only governor I know of who took the rights into account is South Dakota. There you go. Boom. So let me get a couple of these other quotes. It says, John Calvin, who's a French theologian, he says this, A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth was attacked and yet would remain silent. Here, let me tell you something, guys. I'm not trying to be boastful. I read the scriptures a lot. I do spend a lot of time in prayer. And I'm speaking this to the people that are of a persuasion of faith right now. That Sunday, when we said, no, we are placing the authority on the land, the authority of our government, over that authority of the supremacy of God. That was a defining moment in history of mankind. I believe that. I feel like that was what was spoken in my heart. And the reality of it is, is that at this point, these cruel masters are lording over us that we can't even serve or meet or worship our God. That's Think crazy. about that. It's crazy. It's literally... Think about I, that. I never thought I would live to see this day. Literally, I, I thought that was all in the past. And can I read this next one? Because I really like it. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Civil disobedience becomes a sacred duty when the state has become lawless or corrupt. And a citizen who barters with such a state shares in its corruption and lawlessness. You know who said that? Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi. Another hero. I want to say that again. Do it. Civil disobedience becomes a sacred duty when the state has become lawless or corrupt. And a citizen who barters with such such a state shares in its corruption and lawlessness. I love that. It's a sacred duty. And, and it goes back to what you were previously saying about questioning authority. Not rebelling, not being flagrant, not, not being arrogant, not being an asshat, but just questioning. Well, why is this? If you're telling me I had, you know, like the recent decree, like for the almost the entire month of May, we have to be locked down, but all these businesses are open and then you have to do this and you have to do that. There's no clear communication. So the question is, well, why? If A and B are going to happen, what is the evidence for C and D that supports that outcome? simply have their statement. Oh, it's going to save lives. And I haven't seen it. Folks. Well, you know what else will save lives? Take everyone's car keys away so that no one could ever possibly run someone else right, over. Right, just like I talked or, about with my kids. Right. Lock them in the rooms. That's it. Lock them up. Right. Throw away the key. So it boils down to me is, is this, is that when William Wallace in that moment in Braveheart, he's talking to those guys, half of that crowd were leaving because they were afraid. They were fearful. Oh, there's the English army. They have these, <laughs> they look good and there's a lot of them. And, you know, I'm just a peasant. I'm just a farmer, you know. It comes down to this, and there's an old quote, and I'm paraphrasing, but one man defending his home is worth a hundred paid soldiers. Let's just think about that. One man defending his home is worth more than a hundred paid soldiers. Right. And the reality of it is, is this, folks. You do what you need to do. And if that is quarantining still, if that is you know using PPE, then God bless you. Do that. I'm Absolutely. not I'm not throwing shade on you. Not at all. But we have to start recognizing that we are now entering a period where our civil liberties, our constitutional rights, and even more than that, for me, my spiritual rights are being impeded on. Those are the definition to me of tyranny. And not just a little bit, man. No, grossly. Right. We wouldn't be talking about this if it was a little bit. Well, maybe we would. But I mean, it's Well, we wouldn't be talking about it with right. such such angst, That's such, right. such vitriol, because I, I really am upset. And I'm upset because I feel so many people are turning, I don't want to say turning the other cheek as if that's not what we're supposed to do, but I think so many people are just, well, we got to go along. Oh, so Dr. Such and Such said this, or Governor Who's His Nuts said this, or blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Bill and I are saying this. <laughs> How about that? Like, you, because we're not elected officials, because we don't have $150 million in a bank, because we don't fuck 
people over to get ahead? Think about it, folks. Think about who you're listening to and who you're putting up on a pedestal. Think about that. Well, Challenge them. Yeah. Question. Don't stand by and don't question. You always have to question. I just keep thinking, like, you know, and I don't want to sound crass. I don't want to be disrespectful. But, you know, I just keep wondering, you know, at what point in, in Nazi Germany when they started to rule out the railroad carts, the railroad cattle carts, and people started lining up into them like, oh, this is this is for the best. This is, this is for your own safety. This is for your own safety. It's for your own safety. Once again, I'm not trying to be crass. I know that's a touching point, and I get but it. It's but the same thing's happening on a different level right now. Well, to me, it, it harkens back to what Ben Franklin said. He who would trade liberty for some temporary security deserves neither liberty or security. Freedom and liberty are only one generation away from being permanently lost. And not is it? it's not even like we're fighting to preserve these things at this point. We're willingly handing them over. It's like medical tyranny is molesting us, and we're saying, oh, here. Yes, sir, boss. Oh, shit. My rulers have said this is what I need to do. This isn't me telling my kids to go take a shower at night. That's what I do as a parent. Go take a shower, brush your teeth. You have to do it. No questions asked. I don't give a shit. This isn't the same thing, folks. Okay? When someone comes on TV and says, oh, this is what we need to do because it's going to keep everyone safe. That's all you need to know. Talk to you later. No, that's not okay. Shut down your businesses. Don't go to work. Don't leave your house. Don't hang out with your friends and family, okay? Don't do not do any of that because it's going to keep you safe. Because there's this virus out there that's going to kill 30, mil- three, 30 million Americans. Oh, wait, let me let me retract that. There's this virus out there that's going to kill 10 million Americans. Oh, oh, let me retract that. There's this virus out there that's going to kill 600,000 Americans. Oh, oh, let me retract that. Oh, there's this virus out there that's going to kill 300,000 Americans. Oh, oh, let me retract. That's how many times it's been retracted, folks. It started at 30 million. We got that 30 million all around 150,000. On social distancing, I don't fucking think so. Give me a break. Look at the other countries out there. Look Sweden at- didn't shut anything down. What percentage of their population died? It, it's very minute. What I want to say is this. These are difficult times. As it has been said before and we have talked, these are the times that try men's souls. And that is for sure. And everybody has a point at which they have to decide, this is my line. I'm drawing this line. I'm not moving this line. I'm not being backed up from this line. This is the line. That's it. At one point or another, we're going to have to decide. If we do not decide that, this is what will most likely happen. My analysis on this is based on history. What will most likely happen is you will be herded up, you will be corrupted, you will be compromised, and you will eventually end up at the same fate at what those who drew their line in the sand and stood and said no will be. Now, what William Wallace, or I'm sorry, what Mel Gibson wrote in Braveheart was so poignant because he said, are you willing to trade? this day for an ounce of freedom for all the days moving forward. So say you live 40 years in bondage, in slavery. Is that a worthwhile trade for you to have an opportunity to stand up and hear, have your voice be heard, have your vote be counted and say no? I know people are heart thinking that, going, oh, that's not what's really happening here. <laughs> no, we might not be to that point right this second, but we are well on our way to that point, folks. I'm telling you, we are down this slope farther than we than we need to be. We can't go any farther now. This can't go any farther. Not, we are literally at a precipice where if we don't stand up now and say, no, that's it. And I'm not over-speaking. This is not dramatization. I'm not trying to get more views or anything like that. If we're doing this and we're not telling you what our conscience is telling us, what, you know, through our praying, through our— So let me ask you this. 
Would it be okay if you ended up with COVID if they came and took your kids away because that's safe for everyone? Do you think that's completely out of the realm that that would happen? Or if you have COVID, you're going to have to go to a special place and you can't leave there? No one can come visit you or talk to you? We're not far from this shit happening Well, it's already, we allow what's listen, already. And it's already starting to happen. I'm glad that you're with me on this journey. Like, I feel like Roddy Piper and They Live, where it's like he has these glasses, like, can you can you see what's happening? And then, you know, his best friend, they get in this, like, 10-minute fight just for him to put the glasses on. It's like, this is the truth. I'm, I got to kick your ass to make you see that this is what is actually happening. And then once he puts the glasses on and he realizes what's literally happening, it changes everything from that moment forward. You can use that metaphor, put the glasses on. You can use the Matrix metaphor, take the red pill, whatever scientific movie metaphor you need to take, then you do that. But here, the reality of the situation is, is we are here. You know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and, and I said, the cure for the Matrix is Red Dawn. And that's an extreme thing. And I couldn't even believe at the time I said it, but the more I thought about it, it's not necessarily fighting per se, but it's standing up. It's saying no. Bottom line, a lot of this stuff for me, when I boil it down, when I think about it, it's my fear. What do I fear? You know, and for me, it's completely different than Jason. So everybody has their own fear. They have their own thing that they're concerned about. I'm not discounting that at all. But what I'm saying is, is that we have to really look at our fears and we have to look at if we acquiesce to those fears, if we acquiesce to the imprisonment and the bondage and the enslavement that these elected officials, these elected representatives are putting upon us, then like Benjamin Franklin said, I guess in a way we deserve it. And so I'm going to read a quote. This is from uh, J.R.O. Tolkien, uh, Return of the King. It says, A time may come soon when none will return. Then there will be need of valor without renown. For none shall remember the deeds that are done in the last defiance of your homes. Yet the deeds will not be less valiant because they are not unpraised. So what he is saying, there is a time that is coming where we need in defiance to stand up for our homes homes. And just because you may not be renowned for that, you may not become a celebrity, you may not get interviewed on one of the three-letter news network, doesn't mean that those acts aren't any less valiant. And if that act for you is simply saying, no, I'm not wearing a mask when I go out, then that mask is a sense of you saying, no, I'm not giving into that. When I was putting all this together, other than the Braveheart quote there, the other quote that got to me, and I'm going to ask Jason to read it, is at the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right when they're going into, you know, literally the heart of wickedness, the heart of evil, the heart of darkness, if you will, the last remaining people that survived the, or the other great battle, they're at this point where they're like, this is it. This is literally that moment in time where our fate will be defined. And we have a large say in that. If you can go ahead and read this, and it's literally, you know, he's standing outside the gate of Mordor, I believe it was. Certain death is looming over them. But this is what Aragorn says to the people that are there with him. Sons of Gondor, of Rohan, my brothers, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields, when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear in this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. By all that you hold dear in this good earth, I bid you stand. That is 
our plea to you right now, all that you hold dear, the sacred oaths you have taken, the faith that you hold fast to, stand and be heard and be counted. Be defiant in the face of wickedness and tyranny because that is not worthy of your allegiance. That which so easily corrupts and maligns and deceives and inflicts harm is not worthy of being held fast to. But what is, is those people in your life that need you, those people in your lives who are not able to speak, those people in your lives who literally are, whether they be stricken with fear or whether they, they can't speak, we are at the precipice of a real, honest-to-God moment in history where the fate of the world hangs in balance. Because I tell you what, guys, America is that last bastion of hope. America is that last light of liberty that is shining throughout the world. And that these forces, I'm going to put it to you this way, think of me what you will. These globalist, antichrist spirits that are coming against those who love God, who love liberty, and that you don't have to be an American to be in that. You just need to love what is right. You need to cling to the light and shun the dark. That spirit which we're talking about that came against William Wallace, that came against our forefathers, we are literally encountering that same spirit. Margaret Thatcher said, you may have to fight many battles before you can win the war. We are at that point. Evil doesn't heed. Evil doesn't take a knee. Evil doesn't hit pause. There's only really one way to deal with evil, and that's to hand it its ass. I concur. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, folks. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you hit that bell. Every week we have a new episode. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are on all kinds of social media places, Parlor, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us at flawedinc.com. We've um, been posting some articles, trying to get some more articles up there, some more uh, blogs. We've been, uh, you know, all of our episodes are there, video, audio format. We've got some new shirt designs coming. My book will be coming out very, very soon. Hit us up. If you have any suggestions, hit us up. If you disagree, hit us up. Let us know. We don't hold the whole horizon in our view. We just don't. So what I want to say to you guys is this. Stay free. Peace. Peace.